Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of your favorite one-hour podcast on the MCU. It's the MCU crew. We're here. We did it. We've assembled for another week. As you started saying that, my eyes started to water, and I feel like that's a metal condition, ra- like what? rather than me being emotional. <laughs> I don't know. As you said it, you just my love eyes started here. to water. You're just here, yeah. And yeah. I feel like I'm in trouble. That shouldn't. That shouldn't be. <laughs> that shouldn't, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh well. It's allergies. Hey, why do you feel like you're in trouble? Well, because nothing was happening. It was just JP's voice, and I wasn't even looking at the screen. And my eyes just at the corners went like water 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 and i was like what does that mean it wasn't like i I was i felt nothing i was emotionally hollow but i what i what i felt was my eyes have decided to water so i feel that way about there we go oh if you just hear pixar movies you start getting watery eyed like that style of animation Mm. I mean obviously for bronze every time i would my eyes would water right obviously bronze would get me emotional but for you jp i don't i mean i don't get it i, uh, I don't know. either i don't know that's a little weird it doesn't make any sense it's a little I, my, my eyes wouldn't water for you you know i know oh agreed yeah. agreed yeah that's just yeah. weird that's just weird just strange is what a strange it is. thing yeah yeah it's a strange thing oh. anyways uh so we're gonna discuss the venom trailer this week not necessarily a part of the mcu but it's mcu adjacent so I think it's worth mentioning it. I don't, how do you, first off, where do, how do we feel about that first Venom movie? Cause I thought it was okay. I was starting to say it sucked, but it was like, all right, it was entertaining. I enjoyed it, I guess, but it wasn't like, it wasn't I incredible. Mean, I don't know. Where do you guys, how do you feel about the first Venom movie? It certainly was a movie where the Venom, Eddie Brock, like buddy comedy bits. Uh-huh. Were and like I en- they were entertaining. I don't know if it's true to to what I remember Venom being. Although when Venom was huge for me, I was like thirteen and thought Same. Venom was like the shit. I was like Venom's the best. That's because I was living my best Edgelord life, and so I love that. Like he's like Spider Man, but like doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I think that uh, uh, I enjoyed the bits where it was the two of them and the sort of goofiness there. I, I actually kind of liked the camp they played, but I think the plot, like a lot of the plot I elements. I couldn't tell you what the plot was. What was the like, plot yeah. of the first Venom? It was just him mm-hmm. talking to himself for mm-hmm. two hours. I was like, all right, this is yeah. all right. And it felt like they could cruise through, like they thought we have Tom Hardy, we have Venom, we can like sort of cruise through not having a plot. And, you know, I mean, the plot that was there, a lot of, a lot of it was kind of like, what? Wait, why would that happen? But... I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people who really enjoyed that movie. Uh, I wasn't one who like left the theater like that was amazing. I was like, all right, that was a thing. That was that was fun, but it isn't like fun is the best way I can describe that movie. It wasn't great. It was fun. It was like fun. If you turn your brain off, it was fun. It's a turn your brain off movie. That's a perfect way to describe it. I I think for me as well. Uh, Bronze, where were you on the first mm-hmm. Venom movie? Oh, man, I had really mixed feelings because the parts where it was good, I really liked. But then there was so much of it, I didn't. And I think there were so many places where it could have gone right, but just didn't. So, like, there there was, I don't know if y'all remember, there was all this publicity right around the time the film came out. Because during promotion, um, Hardy said straight up, oh, yeah, you know, good time filming. 
uh, my favorite 40 minutes were cut from the film. Yes, he, he that's right. He actually said right. that. He oh. actually said that. So it was like, I was so confused because so many people were like, what does that mean? And he, I think, said that once or twice where he's like, yeah, you know, it's too bad. You guys will never see like my favorite 40 minutes were cut from the film. And while watching that movie, I was like, there was so much here to cut. So why? Like what? We're going to see the minutes? hearty cut one day. Coming to HBO Max. One Let's day, get it trending. Because so much of the film, I as an audience member is just like, can we can we get to Venom? Can we get to can we just get to Eddie Brock and the symbiote being in the same room? And instead, you're just watching this weird side plot of the symbiote traveling the earth and all of that. And so many people are like, well, they have to show the origin story. Not everyone knows what Venom is like you three nerds here. And it's like, I understand that, but I don't think you need that much exposition. I, I think it could be like, you know, my name's Eddie Brock. Two years ago, an alien from outer space <laughs> attached to me. Because, like, the premise is so crazy. But instead, they were like, no, we have to break down every aspect of this to the audience. And you're going to be incredibly bored and incredibly uninvested while we do so. Because you've seen the trailer and you know that this alien symbiote is going to attach to Eddie Brock. And you're just going to sit here for 45 minutes and watch inconsequential things ultimately happen until this cool thing happens. And the entire time, you're just going to be waiting. Because that's how I felt, at least. I was like, yes, we get it. This girl's going to travel here. And then this this, somehow it's going to get to Eddie Brock. But did we really need to see every step of that journey? But Bronze brings up, you bring up a great point that I remember leaving the theater thinking about, which was, I couldn't tell you the timeline of this movie. I vividly remember being like, so wait, that the the situation with like the girl how how fast do these people travel the world because how many days have passed how like you know there's a whole timeline thing and because they show you every step of the way you're like wait so how much time has passed in Eddie Brock's life like what's going hold on what is the story and then finally everything catches up but because they have to get through it so quickly you know it's the problem with telling that whole story giving a full origin story and then just being like and then just in America like wait but how 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 long did that take what was the problem you know and then you ask more questions yeah oh yeah i have so many questions about like the plot of the movie but whatever yeah you know the lobster scene made me laugh time you know they just wasted so much time on this like like for you waiting to get to the good part but then when, when we finally got to that i actually did like it it was very different because it seems like it's Eddie kind of fighting the symbiote, you know, and also joking with it. But I kind of liked that script change because, I mean, I Hardy's too. weird. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. I I feel like they just kind of let him ad lib because he's always got like some weird voice he does or just some weird bearing, and for some reason that makes every scene funny because just him being like, no. No eat people. It's like really weird because of how he talks half the time. I I forgot until I was about probably seventy or eighty percent of the way through the trailer for Venom Two this morning that only he can hear Venom. Right. So this entire time I was like, "What? Why is no one reacting to this fucking awful voice?" And then I realized, "Oh, right. Okay. It, mm-hmm. Okay." I remember this movie now a little bit more than I did 30 seconds oh. ago. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I don't. It's it's one of those things where I I I am sad that we are telling a Venom story and Spider Man is nowhere to be seen, right? Because like I always felt that those two were hand in hand, and and I think Spider Man Three's version of uh, Venom was like not. I try to erase it from my memory. I try to erase a lot of Spider Man Three from my memory. To be honest, it's been a while uh, since I've seen that for good reason. Um, but yeah, I, I think. I was right there with Jesse, right? Like 13, 14 year old JP saw Venom was like, this is sick. And then I saw Carnage and I was like, oh my God, he's just fucking murdering people. This guy's a sicko. Look at him. He's a, just a, an awful serial killer. He's crazy. Uh, and I thought it was awesome. And then uh, to see him portrayed the way that he is again, without a Spider-Man there. Uh, like, are we going to get a full symbiote story? Like, are we, like is no it, is in he, this movie there's no way well, we not, get not like, in this movie but like if oh. this does well do we get a venom three where they're just like there's like 20 symbiotes now i mean that would be cool i would love that yeah that would be symbiote amazing wars or whatever i don't know what they'd call it yeah. I, for, I forget what's got a cartoon about that it had all the different ones like the yellow one and like the green one. Oh yeah i love all of them that yeah. was you know that was a time where they were like <laughs> one carnage did well what if there were six cottages <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, moneymaker brilliant. That's great. Yeah. yeah I love and it. as a kid, Isn't I was there like, a video hey, game with that. Yes. I remember there yes. being a carnage video game, but I think for Wait, Sega really? Genesis. That yeah, I was it has very all the like carnage yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. The carnage kids. Yeah. <laughs> carnage babies. I think it was called maximum carnage or separation anxiety. I think or something like that. It was, oh my God. God. Anxiety is, is it was Spider-Man yeah. and Venom colon maximum carnage GameSpot gave it a okay, 3.5 out of 5 or something oh really 3.5 i would give it a little high. oh i'm but sorry I, I was a kid that's the GameStop review i don't understand that oh at all. oh well what does there this you go. look like let me tell you when i was eight that game was definitely more than a 3.5 <laughs> as an adult i don't know but as an yeah. eight-year-old it was definitely like a ten minimum. All the all the Carnage things, I, I remember being way into that. That's what got me to enjoy Spider Man when Spider Man was kinda lame. Like people forget in the nineties, Spider Man was kinda yeah. lame. Like he was like no one yeah. wanted to be the kid who like I'm kind of a nerd, but I have superpowers. No one wanted to be that guy. We were all about like, I want to be spawn. Yeah. Oh, spawn is pretty good. Yeah right people that's that's what the 90s were no one wanted to be like superman sucked they they're like all right we got to kill this guy because it's like no one's reading superman so we <laughs> you know no one wanted to, the goody heroes no one would be that but if you were like i'm a drug dealing pot smoking wizard and i communicate with the dead but i'm also like sentenced to hell and like all that stuff people were like are you talking shit I've on constantine no, no i, no, I was talking fact, about spawn i like in fact in fact I love Constantine. I, I just... thought the movie Constantine with uh, Keanu Reeves is great. I think that's a great movie. <laughs> I I yeah. actually like it too. Yeah. I just was just laughing because like <laughs> to illustrate the point that like the description you gave fit like it fit a lot. <laughs> a bunch of people. <laughs> it does fit. Con I will say, shout out to again Peter Stormare for being Satan in Constantine. The man shows up. He's kills so every good. Time. Yeah. That's one of my favorite actors. They're just like we need. A guy who can do a weird, like Eastern European accent. 
There's only one man in Hollywood for the job. They bring him in. He shows up. He's like, and they're like, perfect. Thanks. Get out of here. He's got the like, sticky man. tar on his toes when he stepped. Or, like, oh, it's so cool. Stuff. That's a great. I need oh, to watch so that cool movie. When he just shows up. I was like, Again. oh, this is amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, I like, I really liked like 98% of that movie. I just didn't like like the final, I think, sequence. But I felt like 98% of that movie was on fire. Yeah, and so many people were like, "But why?" I was like, "Well, it's just at the end. I feel like sometimes they don't know what to do with characters like Constantine, where they like, clearly he has to have machine guns and stuff." And I'm like, "But you just spent the first half of the movie showing us that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So why, <laughs> why are we falling into?" But to get back to the original point, or actually to 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 pivot a little bit, how is it going? Does anyone know how it is going to tie into the MCU? Because I don't think it is. It's not in partnership with. I think that's just licensing. Nothing to do with it. Yeah, I I think that's part of like their licensing agreement with Sony, where it's like, hey, we'll we'll keep doing these Spider-Man movies uh, with you, and uh, you know, but we got to do this Venom movie and uh, that that Morbius Mobius movie that we shot like six years Mm -hmm. ago. That's probably going to come out eventually, so we got to keep having this partnership. I would. I don't know the the specifics of that uh, partnership, but I would think that Sony's probably paying a licensing fee of some sort, right? Like, or 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 uh, Marvel's taking a cut of the earnings or something like that on the uh, on the film because the first Venom was like wildly successful. Um, well, there's. I was looking at because I was going through the tweets today. See, like, I want to know what people are thinking about this trailer. Yeah, and one of the tweets I saw was was like, even though it's not in the MCU. The newspaper that he's reading, uh, do not quote me on this because I can't verify this. But apparently, the newspaper that he's reading is the uh, it's the logo of the uh, uh, you know, Raimi trilogy bugle. Oh, the Daily Bugle, yeah, it's that logo. So they're like, maybe it takes place in that universe, maybe, but that doesn't make any sense because there was already a Venom, is that but like, whatever. Crossover into- Spider-Man? Because aren't they bringing all that, the other Spider-Men into... And that might be how it's connected. Third Spider-Man Because if it's an like alternate universe, that would be kind of cool. It was weird because like the 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 general conversation that I saw was like, oh yeah, that's all but confirmed. Right? And now people, for whatever reason, and I must have missed why, have like backed off on this idea of like, oh yeah, they're all in there. Like, we don't, we don't think that they're going to be all in there this time. We don't. We don't really know what this next movie's gonna have. Uh, Doc Doc is confirmed, though. Is That's he confirmed? Is he like a hundred percent in? I mean, the literal actor was like, you know, playing Doc Ock again. <laughs> and he's, okay. He was talking. He was talking about. He, yeah, he was talking about how like he doesn't. Um, he he because he's old. People were worried. Like he's like, I'm older than I was. Yeah. And people were worried, but he's like, when I first played Doc Ock, all he I did was stand there. around and just emote. So, uh, you know, he's like, no worries. And they're just going to de-age me a little bit. <laughs> I was like. Yeah. Well, the other thing, okay. too, is um, didn't Jamie Foxx said that he was also in the new Spider-Man? If that's true, that's going to be so wild. A- as like as the shocker, which is weird because the we shocker, shocker. Like, already existed. Although. Yeah. Or sorry, as, as Electro, not the, uh, the shocker. Yeah. Uh, different. But. Yeah, then Andrew I mean, Garfield was also saying like he didn't get a call to be in it this past week, but that might have also just been, hey, can you go out there and say some shit so it, this dies down 
uh, for a while because I mean, we're not ready to show it. Alpha Molina could just be like talking shit too. We don't know. I mean, maybe he's just like saying stuff to say it. Who knows? Because clearly that's like him being, oh, yes, I, an actor from another movie that was in another, like, that's a huge spoiler. And he just said it. Yeah. He just said it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'll take a live action Spider Verse. That's, people are aware it exists. That movie literally uh, is one of the best Spider Man movies, period. So, end of the Spider Verse, you mean? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the best, if not the best, for sure. Uh, I'm reading a, a direct quote from Andy Serkis. Okay. Um, where he okay. said, There are links between Venom and Spider Man and the Marvel Universe and the Spider Man story. We're treating mm. this very much as, as, as it's, 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 ah, oh, I can't talk, as it's, it's his own world. Such a weird sentence. The Venom story is his own world. There are nods and little moments, like the shot of the newspaper, the Daily Bugle, of course, but on the whole, he's unaware. They're unaware at this point of other characters like Spider-Man. So that's the way we've chosen to play this particular episode of the movie. But, well, we'll wait and see. We'll see what little things you can pick out of it. So that almost, I mean, that's not a hard no. That's more of just like, right Mm -hmm. now, he doesn't know. Because, let's be real, Tom Holland with where his version of Spider-Man is right now in the MCU would beat the brakes off of where Venom is. Venom is going to need to undergo some type of a growth trajectory to be like a real threat. Yeah. Like a threat that we're like, oh, we want to see these people face off. And the reality is he's just not there yet, right? Because normally Venom shows up like humble Spider-Man. And I just can't see this Venom humbling Spider-Man at all. I'm I'm so disappointed that Spider-Man 3 stole, I think, one of my favorite versions of the, like, Venom story with the, like, church and the bells and it, yeah. like, rips off of him. Like, that's one of, like, the best yeah. moments in that whole, like, oh, I think that's great. I'm so sad they stole that. And they're like, now anyone who else uses this copies. They copied us, yeah. Oh, it sucks. That's one of my favorite moments. It was a really good like, moment. <laughs> We've ruined it for you. Good. Well, they like, gotta... And it's been like the same film as dancing Toby McGuire. Yes. yes. It, that scene that will never so be all over the place from my memory. That 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 moment of him walking down, I will always remember where I was, when I was, <laughs> I saw. That was the type of scene where I'm in the theater it starts happening, and I just kind of, like, pushed my head forward and looked around. I was kind of confused if everyone was watching the same fucking movie I was watching. And if I was, like, falling. I thought I was, like, lucid dreaming for a second. And then uh turns out I wasn't because that was fucking it's, weird. It's crazy to think that Spider-Man 3 is from the same people that brought you this scene in Spider-Man 2 where, like, he stops the fucking train. Whoops, swear words. He stops the train, well, and curse. he, like... They like carry his body and yeah. then all of them are like, it's just a kid. And then like they give him his mass bass and the kids like, don't worry, we'll tell nobody. And then Doc Ock shows up and they're like, you're going to have to come through us. And then he like pushes them all. Like that moment is like a great Spider-Man superhero movie. moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the next movie, they're like, uh, he gets a symbiote and that symbiote makes him dance and be an asshole. <laughs> it's like <laughs> and turn in turn into yeah. like emo haircut he changes his haircut too because that's what the symbiote yeah. wanted yeah 
But have you guys seen the fan edits of uh, Toby in the MCU? Uh Uh-uh. I'll have to link you up. They're so funny. And it's just like pivotal moments from the MCU edited with with Toby Maguire in. And one of them's like, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? And it's just Toby who's like, I had to beat a woman with a stick to get this. And it's like, (laughs) it's just Toby in the MCU. And it's so like the people behind that YouTube channel are so devoted to it. And it's hilarious. I'll I'll find it for you. It's so funny. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. I had not seen that. Um, So jumping back over into the the Venom trailer, uh, because we didn't even mention uh, the, the title is Venom Let There Be Carnage, which I think was the comic book run uh, that everyone loves from Carnage. How do we feel about uh, old Mr. Harrelson as uh, as Carnage with that goofy fucking haircut? I think his face is a little too wide for the, the actual character of the comics, but I kind of like the haircut. I can't lie. I kind of love it. I kind of like kinda it, too. I kind of love it. Yeah. I think... I, I'm all about weird Woody Harrelson. When they were like, Woody... We need you to act crazy. He was like, how crazy? They're like, all oh, the crazy. Yeah, movie. like full He's tilt. like, I can do that. I, I can do that. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm super down. I think it's going to be wild. I think it's going to be, yeah, like a Nick Cage level of crazy acting. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, I have I was always a fan of Woody. And then when he was in True Detective season one, that was when I probably, uh, that was probably the peak. When I was peak Woody. That's a weird thing to say. Um and ever since then, I've kind of watched most things that he's been in. So to see him now play uh, one of my, like, adolescent favorite uh, villains, uh, I'm excited for it. I, th- I think he could pull yeah. it off. I think he's the right kind of crazy. Um, I-, I hope they Agreed. don't, like, lean in. And it'll be hard because I think True Detective sometimes struggled with this as well when it just came to seeing Woody Harrelson act. Um, I hope they don't lean too hard into him being, like, jokey, kind of like Venom is. Right where he's like cracking jokes to himself or cracking jokes to Venom the entire time. He's just hopefully like murdering people because that's what Venom or that's what Carnage should be doing is just nonstop murdering people <laughs> if he follows I would, along I would, Carnage. But, yeah, I would hope if he told a joke, it would be not funny to anyone but him. Like that kind of vibe. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, like, you know, the crazy joke. We're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what my hope is. But also, you know this movie's doing the dark jokes from the trailer true they're just like we're back we're, uh, venom wants to eat everyone and uh tom hardy's gonna be like don't venom he's gonna be like but i want to eat them eddie he's like no venom don't do it come on <laughs> Dude, eddie let on. me eat them does he now correct me the first time that venom spoke in the trailer i guess i had erased that movie from my mind but the first time he spoke i was real fucking confused why the cookie monster was voicing Venom. Because he sounds just like What him. do you mean? <laughs> he sounds Come just on, like let's him. Go, hey, let's go make food, Eddie. I'm so excited. That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> is that supposed to is that Hardy doing the Venom voice? Is that what that's supposed to be? I, I, I don't know. I thought is it Andy Circus? It's someone famous as the voice. Circus is someone the director. Like... Yeah, okay. Chat, right. Chat's saying that's Hardy doing Venom's voice. Hardy's doing Venom. Oh my god, dude! It's not, he sounds that. like the Cookie Monster. And hey guys, I, guys, it's me, somebody. I think I that might the... be my head cannon now. Uh, is I, watch that movie. <laughs> is just... I like scrambled eggs. <laughs> yeah, delicious. Yum, 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 yum. That's what I want. 
<laughs> I the desperately monster want Tom Hardy and then just the Cookie Monster. As, like the Venom symbiote is just Cookie Monster. We're going to eat lots of cookies today, Eddie. No, 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 no. That's what he sounds like. That's what I want more than anything. That's what he sounds like. Sounds ridiculous. Why does Hardy always have a weird voice? Whether it's like Batman or Peaky Blinders. I feel like he always Oh, did he have a weird one in Peaky Blinders? I don't. Uh, He had like a weird demeanor where he kind of would always. Was it kind of timid? How how do you do? It, It was like a timid talk. A timid speech? Yeah, yeah. It was. He would just be like, "Well, here ha- here's how it's gonna happen, eh? You're gonna give me the money, sign over all your businesses, and then it's mine." And he would like kind of right, talk like, the money, Eddie. We can get the cookie." I think we need to revoice this movie with bronze <laughs> as the normal voice and Jesse as Venom. Nobody said that that's was his normal voice. Have, that's his normal voice? I don't I think that's his I'm normal sorry. voice. Well, I, if that is, I apologize to Mr. Hardy. I will say, I like was... his Inception voice. The voice is like, don't worry, darling. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like, that I love was his Inception voice. voice. I thought, I thought Inception, Inception was his normal voice. Is it not? I don't think he reminds me. So when I was in college, I'll never forget. I, I took like several acting classes and I realized uh, all acting is is lying. And one of the acting teachers said to me, Jesse, you only wear masks. Show us your real self. And I was like, what? And I'm like, take off the mask. Who are you? And that's how I feel Tom Hardy is. Wow, that, that was intense for a teacher. To oh, I know. And I, but the thing is, I, I still to this day have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> I think they just thought me being goofy was me like hiding my true self. And I was like, I hate to break it to you, lady. We're just, <laughs> this, is, this is who I am. It's just goofy, but like, Jesse. But I feel like that's tom hardy tom hardy is like if we ever heard his true voice our ears would explode like he's like one of those like voice of god moments voice of god like he's like yeah yeah." we can't truly know who tom hardy is his normal voice is probably like hello everyone my (laughs) name is thomas hardy right like you can't who knows who this guy is everything he's in bronze is right everything is in he's like they're like all right so tom this is the character you're playing and he's like all right, where is this person from? They're like, uh, I don't know, Tom. He's like a sort of a foppish British dude. He's like, okay, darling, let's go. They're like, perfect, Tom, perfect. I nail it every time. That's, <laughs> that's, Tom, that's Tom Hardy's voice. I'm going to go with Tom well, Hardy's real like voice was alien. the Inception voice. I hope I hope that's true, that it's the Inception voice. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if his real voice is in Peaky Blinders, but it's see like with Tom and I this is what I love and hate about him. It's like every other actor in that show is so brilliant. They have like just the star studded just killer cast of serious actors. And whatever no matter what setting you put him in, it just always seems like he's a cartoon character. Like he's playing D and D and everyone else is acting. And I don't mean that to say he sucks. I'm just saying, like he, the, his style is so different that it's like for him, this is a role playing game, and everyone else is is like rooted in reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. I love him. I unabashedly love Tom. Hart. What was that movie where he played the twins? What and that was like a, uh, a like crime syndicate movie. Yeah, there was. Oh, that was Legend. Okay, yeah. So in Legend, he plays. Two, char- two of the main characters. 
yeah, they were the Cray twins or whatever. They were like really bad people when it came to just straight up murdering and Ah, it's me, <laughs> Tom Hardy. Don't worry about man. I just talk into a cup and now I'm Bane. Now do yeah. do Bane doing the cookie monster. Oh no, watch out, Venom symbiote. Oh, it's okay. It's okay, Bane. We can let some cookie today. No, stop it. I don't want any more cookies. No, we can let some cookies. And then we break the Batman. Ah, now that is an idea. Yeah. Yep. No, it, All I'm saying is one that man movie show. Writes itself. Call me. Yeah. Off, off Broadway. Jesse Cox is Tom Hardy. <laughs> that's the name I of the... am Tom Hardy not yeah. even Venom Tom Hardy yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay don't worry Bronze you can come to show <laughs> Jesus I'd Christ. be in the front row yeah uh, you'd have to like bring a tarp it'd be one of those shows where like watermelons get smashed and stuff oh yeah <laughs> oh so it's like a Gallagher it's like a Gallagher show now yeah, but like you know, more entertaining. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, um, the, the movie comes out, uh, or at least at the moment, it's scheduled to release on September twenty fourth, uh, just before kind of the big fall season. Uh, we'll see. I I don't know if I'm going to be there like day one. I wasn't there for Venom day one. Uh, hell of a lot of people were though. Uh, is that movie I almost was. made a billion? It, it made eight hundred fifty six yeah, million uh, in the box office. Um, is I don't that know. worldwide? Yeah, that's that is worldwide. I think it did like what's very the yeah, what's well? the Chinese market for this? Because I feel I think like it was very huge, very right? huge in China. Um, I, I remember hearing that. I remember hearing that Venom is like <laughs> an incredibly popular commodity in China. So uh, domestic, it did two hundred thirteen million. Uh, in the UK, it did twenty seven million. Million. They're just Hardy fanboys over there. Um, where did it do in Mexico? Uh, in Latin America, Mexico was the top 124 million. Uh, Russia slash. What does it mean when it says Russia slash CIS? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. Anyways, it earned 32 million there. And then in China, it made 269 million. Yeah, so that's comparable with us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are the old Soviet countries. Okay. <laughs> no, no, the CIS is not the droid army from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That's like Correct. the Confederate systems? No, is the <laughs> uh yeah, it did very well in China. Uh opening it did a hundred million. Here in the US it only did eighty. So Tom Hardy's big in China, I guess. And probably explains a lot of the reason why this movie got made. A, a second one, rather, yes. got made. Yeah. It explains all the Transformer movies, so, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I still, I, I also, the other tidbit uh, that still kind of blows my mind, like, the, in a lot of ways, the Venom movie is just an oddity from so many different facets, but the fact that Andy Serkis is directing, uh, directed the first one and is directing this movie is also just... Just, I mean, let that man do what he wants. No, I'm saying, like, you know? it's great. I just, I didn't, 
I, I don't, that's just a weird. I didn't know he had it in he, him. You know, <laughs> he golemed his way yeah. into Hollywood's heart. Let yeah, him have. He really he did. I mean, so basically, from my understanding, is he started directing pickup scenes, and the basically they had two filming teams on The Hobbit, and so Circus ended up directing like almost half of that film. He was like the director of Team B or whatever. And Jackson was the director of Team A because he had like a huge interest in in directing. So hmm. then he kind of used that to direct the new what is it Jungle Book? Yeah, he, did, he didn't direct actually, the first film to correct. It was he he did do yeah. Mo, Mo God damn it I can never say this Mowgli Legend of the Jungle is what he directed. Is it Mo, I there's like three Jungle Book movies. No, it's Mowgli. Okay, there's Mowgli, like three yeah. Jungle Book films that all came out i feel like within months of each other and they're live yes. action yeah it was that and one, his is actually his not terrible but the mocap is like uncanny valley it's like too humanoid too for me I, that's just me because it looks like a human like face almost on an animal i, I don't know uh, this is my this is my no <laughs> it's a, it's actually a lot like more you, woo, woo. brutal yeah, it follows the book a lot more closely, and it's like actually kind of it's, it's brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The book's not a happy Disney movie by any stretch of the no. imagination. No, a little different. Yeah, a little different. Um, I also didn't know that he was the dramatic director in Heavenly Sword, that 2007 what? What does that mean? game. Oh, the PlayStation Three launch title that yeah. very few people w- played with the uh, the red haired lady. Yeah. Oh, the sexy redhead? Yeah, I remember yeah. that game. It was, yeah. it, was, uh, it was. I didn't know that. I don't remember any of it actually. <laughs> yeah, so that's a little strange. Uh, but we'll see. That's that's Venom. Uh, it's just a weird thing. What else is going on? Uh, kind of a light. Uh, there, there's only two really, I guess, quote big uh, news bits uh, the past week as it comes into the uh, the MCU. Uh, Dave Bautista was out there saying that Drax will not die in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, but he should be recast because he is done. He is stepping away. He's getting too old uh, to play Drax. I think he said he's 54, 55. He wants to move on. Then, but then he got a reply. What do you mean he got a reply? From the boss himself. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But I think he still said he's done. He said, you're welcome back anytime, et cetera. And he said he won't be recast, but. Yeah, he said he's not going to recast him. And then I think he says. There's like after three, that's it. The Guardians trilogy is over. Well, he said, yeah, that's the story that I want to tell. Will be told. Will be finished in three. Is what James Gunn said in that tweet. Yeah. So I, I think, I think that's probably like, you know, we may not get another Guardians of the Galaxy, but we'll, the characters will still be around. But I don't, you know, I feel like this is one of those things where when people talk about Avengers, like we may not get another Avengers, mm. but we'll get like some form of what the Avengers are, right? It'll be like you know west coast we'll definitely get star, another avengers backflip avengers i would yeah young kid teen avengers yeah yeah i think this basically frees them up to trim down the cast a little bit because i don't think i'm going to sound like a dickhead here i don't think that many people are invested in like mantis and sure. and those sure. type, those characters i think people obviously love groot and rocket but i think this will like allow them to kind of trim who is going to be drafted into other teams and also free up mm-hmm. Peter Quill to potentially be 
like hanging out with the warlock and and uh nova prime or whatever so I, I i mean that's my theory i think the other thing is okay so okay let me try to put my thoughts into words here so like with with guardians i feel like they didn't do a very great job like developing drax's character that was probably one of my main complaints of guardians 2 and and it was like he had all this grief in guardians 1 and that's like a main motivating drive for his character and in guardians 2 there was like one scene where he's like oh yeah you know i'm grappling with this loss or the you know the one person i wanted revenge against is dead and you know now i don't know what to do and i think he has like one or two throwaway lines about it but the rest of the time he's kind of just like the comic relief so yeah. i don't even know what they're gonna do with that character like because they just never really he became the com- that thread for sure yeah 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 i don't yeah. you're right because he had like one or maybe two moments with mantis where it was like oh shit this is like the dark history the dark past uh because his his like story is is was evident in the uh, first one kind of fucked up right like he's he had a rough mm-hmm. he's had a rough go of it thus far um and i hope we get to see a little bit more of that in the third one um i think well, the third in, one will probably the... just be a different tone completely right because like we're we've, mm-hmm. we've spoken about how the tone so far of phase four has been uh skewed to be a little bit depressing um in a lot of ways and i think that will probably come true again um in guardians three depressing yeah. with it with a uh, a hint or yeah. a, a tinge of uh we never there. even got to see why he's called like drax the destroyer because in the comics there's a part where he straight up rips thanos's heart out of his chest like he like the revenge belongs to him yeah but like in the in the movies he's super nerfed and i'm not using that to say like they messed it up i don't think they messed it up it's just a different version of drax but i don't see long term like how how long are those jokes going to be cute Right. Like him taking everything literal, like just from a writing perspective, how much mileage can you physically get out of that before you're just like, oh, OK, we've, we've got it. We've seen everything you can do. Let's move on to something else. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, and, and maybe maybe that is also a, a good thing uh, if he is stepping on I, it. We haven't seen it yet in the MCU. I don't know when it will happen. But it will be a weird thing when someone gets recast uh, on the level of like a Drax or whoever you want to throw in there. Like we've only seen one recast from Iron Man to Iron Man uh, 2. Um, and like it was fine because the MCU I don't think was on the the level that it is now. Right. Um, but that day will will definitely come soon. Right. Like it'll definitely happen. Uh, it'll be a little strange, I, I think uh for people to adjust to i know at least for me personally it will be strange to see a uh non uh i don't know name a a superhero a non peter quill is uh is chris right like that'll i don't know what that looks like uh i don't know how they do that it'll be weird i'm dreading the recast of dr strange right i have a feeling it will happen though i predicted it when they cast him they were like bronze like in my chat, like, how do you feel about the casting for Doctor Strange when it was like unveiled it was going to be Benedict Cumberbatch? And I was like, amazing casting, super freaking worried because these movies like absorb your life because there's so many of them. And this guy's a serious actor. 
And I mean, Robert Downey Jr. complained about that. He was like, I used to do other roles and now I'm just Tony Stark. I was like, I don't think he's the type to be like, oh, yeah, I'll do this for 15 years. I think he's the type to be like, I'll do this for maybe 10 years and then I'm going to go back to making the artsy slash serious type of films that I was making before this, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess I that's why we need newer, younger heroes, different stories. And that might and be phase out. Goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like if you can phase out Captain America and, and change the Captain America, you can do anything. Right. Like you can create a different story. That's I think true. it's smart that they kept Adam Warlock in their pocket instead of being like, I mean, everyone knows the comics knows Adam Warlock is in that Thanos arc, like is important to that Thanos arc. And they're like pivotal. Yeah. They're like, mm-hmm. no. Nah. No, let's hold on. So I think that's smart. I think, you know, having that in the back pocket and being like, if we need another warlocky person, another sort of wizard, we have a few of those lying around that we can break out if we need to not have Benedict be in in this series. So I think they're being very smart about, like, not unleashing every hero. And I'm fine with that because there's a lot to work. There's a lot to work with. So maybe that's technically, I mean, depending on who they introduce, We've had a lot of different Sorcerer Supremes. It could be Magic, Colossus's sister. I mean, it in the comics, at one point, it was Loki. Yeah. 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 And and they are putting a lot of time and effort into, into developing Loki as a character. I mean, that, I think, I think it could work because I think he has the personality to pull it off. But it depends. You know, I, I don't think, I don't even necessarily think it'll be a character that's going to be, that's like already super developed. It could be somebody they start putting time into now, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if they go with any multiverse stuff, you can be like, no, this is Dr. Strange, but like the multi, the other Dr. Strange, like you could do anything you I, want God, at that point. I still stand by the idea that if, if they really just lean into that multiverse bullshit, it's going to like cheapen the entire MCU for me. Sure. Well, it cheapens <laughs> everything. The multiverse. Yeah. Yeah. ruins everything in the end because like, then nothing yeah. is 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 permanent and everything can change but at the same time it lets you kind of like have fun and so you get fun what if versions of stories it allows you to be like and in this multiverse all the superheroes are dead except for random terrible hero that's like i'm the last one right i think that's fun there's a lot of things you can do but you're totally right multiverse in general it you know it doesn't matter what the comic series is if it's dc marvel whatever like 90s cliffhanger it doesn't matter what the publisher is it always ends up sucking in the end because it's like yeah uh, yeah no we had a massive story arc everyone's dead uh, but that was the di- that was a different one we tricked you that was a different multiverse yeah, there's no value there's no <laughs> weight you. to anything after yeah. that uh, i think it's it's just tough though because it's one of those things where it's like the realities of filmmaking these movies take so long to make and the actors they continue aging so mm-hmm. I, I mean i don't know how other way like i'm sure there are some writing tricks you can use but at some point we're gonna have to just start hand waving some of this away like we were talking about with with black panther with that i mean it's it's one of those things where it's like stuff like that's just going to happen it's tragic and, you know, Chadwick Boseman's passing, obviously, there are bigger impacts to that than just losing Black Panther. But that is one of one of the impacts. Right. Yeah. So it comes mm-hmm. down to, like, how do you honor someone's legacy when something tragic like that happens, but also still have it narratively make sense? And it's hard. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's huge moving forward for all these, just like you were saying, Bronze, like at least in Endgame. 
they had straight up end title cards for the main Avengers. Like this is their, this is, they signed it. They're bowing out. So anything we have in the future is like, you know, if they're there, great. But like, that was, I think the end of that main Avengers cast, right? I don't yeah. expect to see think so. an, a future Avengers movie where they're the main characters. Like I just don't, it's going to be a whole different crew. And they got to be like, we gave you 10 years. Thanks a lot. We're moving on. And you know, you can keep Hemsworth and everyone around and just like show up and do fun things. But for the most part, I think what we're doing right now is establishing a new, the new era of like new characters. And I have a feeling that that all the old characters are the ones who are ushering in, like they're sticking mentors, around long enough yeah. to usher in the new characters who will then, you know, have the cred of like, well, if you know Thor likes this guy, he must be pretty cool. Can't wait to see what he could do. You know, well, I, the, that's yeah. You mentioned the 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 old Avengers the of the six uh, the two continuing on Hemsworth and uh, I'm blanking on Hulk's name but Hulk um, it'll be like what, what what the fuck do they do with Hulk now right like Hopefully he's, he's a like, lot yeah he Mark does nothing well but like what he's not he's like what <laughs> what do they do with the, he's just gonna be walking around in She Hulk. When he goes and says hi to his cousin, hey cousin, how's it going? <laughs> in like a fucking courtroom, hanging out. I, I feel like I mean, we need a solo Hulk movie, like especially after the events of Ragnarok. Yeah, because that movie I recently rewatched it. That movie's heartbreaking, and like in the Hulk scenes. Oh yeah, it's like somehow Taika did it with some a shred of humor, but like that moment where he's like having a panic attack in the quinjet and he turns back into a human and thor basically tells him like yeah we need you as the hulk and him realizing like this thing that kept me hostage in my own body like he describes it as being in the trunk of the car yeah versus the, having one inverse, hand on right? the wheel is the only thing that makes him useful yeah. to him being like i'm i have six doctorates and him like having to advocate for himself in that way but like everybody being like yeah no we just need you to smash stuff like that's like that that's narrative that I think deserves to be explored. And I love the Hulk. And like Ragnarok is the only version of Planet Hulk we're probably gonna get. And I'm like, it when is, is yeah. this character gonna get some resolution? Because this is, I think, a heart-wrenching, compelling story. And it keeps getting played for a joke. This man is a hostage in his own body, and he can't even at one point it this is the darkest thing that's ever been said in the MCU one point he talks about how he tried to kill himself yeah pretty early and the on green the guy MCU. spit the bullet out yeah yeah that is the dark that's one of the darkest things i've never seen another superhero Dude, the, outside of like logan say that they tried to kill themselves the uh that scene with uh with black widow when they're in, i forget what country they're in but it's, it's i think it's the first avengers right? yeah it's when it's when he's like being recruited that scene's probably like mm -hmm. one of the darker scenes in the entire mcu um, so much yeah. so that he even he's like, like helping poor people in India and like running like this little yeah. community clinic. He, he yeah. says the the line about uh, shooting himself, and then like ten or fifteen seconds later, he jokes about like ripping off Black Widow's head by like saying, "Oh, the guy's he's, he's trying to see who else is here and what she was gonna do," and she pulls the gun on him. Uh, mm -hmm. Like that whole scene is real dark. Um, well, like the context of the scene is heartbreaking too because. On one hand, they they treat him like he's like a volatile bomb. Like, yeah. what is the answer to the, the whole, whole movie problem? Does. Right. But then on the other hand, he's literally like doing what makes him calm. He's like, I'm just gonna help people. 
in this in this like really poor neighborhood and I'm just going to be like very calm. And then they come and they're like, hey, no, we're going to like ask you to come save the world and be an angry rage beast. But also we're going to treat you like a threat the entire time. And there was a moment where I was like, you could have just left him in India. He was he was, <laughs> he was managing yeah. his his anger in the best way he could. But you guys are like you use him as a gun to point at people and then you want to throw the gun away. And it, we've never had a movie where we but get I feel like, into like that. I feel like they tried to resolve that though in Endgame, right? They made him brawn and brain. Yeah, but and they skipped over the they they like they skipped over a lot. Uh, yeah. Like they were like, oh, remember when like he and Natasha were like a thing? Yeah, and then he came, that, comes and, back and sees her. He's like, hey, Nat. And then that was like the most interesting part never, of Age of Ultron. Yeah, that whole story. They line. never talked about it. <laughs> They spent yeah. a whole thing never talking about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I too was like, wait. And then she died, and he was like, "It's like fuck. I'm real. I don't care. And we'll let yeah. we'll let uh, Hawkeye grieve." I was like, "This dude." I didn't understand that at all. I was like, "Is this what's gonna make him fly off the handlebars?" Like, yeah, d- nothing. He just kind of glossed over it. I agree. Yeah, it, it's it's so weird. I I yeah. I always was like, we need some kind of conversation with him about the fact that like the only person to show him genuine love <laughs> is dead. Is and, that dead. Man, and that man did not care. He was like, well, Hulk think it all right. Like, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I think if anything, that just continues the trend of like age of Ultron being this weird movie in the center of the rest of the MCU where yeah. just yes. strange things happened, and uh, we're not going to really discuss them all that much. Age, uh, man, Age of <laughs> Ultron is so hit and miss all over the place. It is. Dude, I can't... it has one of my favorite scenes in the entire MCU where they're just hanging out on uh, the Avengers Tower. And, like, the the whole goof with the, the hammer on the table. It's, like, one of the best scenes in the thing. The whole MCU. And yeah. then, Glad I had a payoff. Super fun. Yeah. Love all that. Yeah. James Spader, I, I, love, I love James Spader and everything and uh you know they were like let his weird voice be the voice of ultron i was like yeah no i'm in yeah i'm in for all there of this from and the um, first time i heard it yeah yeah but you know then it also has the we- the weird like whedon things that always happen it, like it's a strange movie because because joss whedon does that thing where he's always just like it's goofs it's like there is literally a man trying to smash a city onto the planet like the stakes are much higher than like goof time with Joss Whedon and yeah and now that I know that every Joss Whedon thing has like a guy a, like oh dude falling on a woman's boobs now that I know that I'm like well I can't unsee that from the MCU I yeah. know that's there now <laughs> like cool cool what a what a fun trope like oh boobies yeah no. Jesus let's not get into the whole weed what, what like that guy <laughs> sucks at writing women and now we know why right yeah but, yeah 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 but imagine if cookie monster venom was there just <laughs> that's just what ima- i want to see i want to see the, the, the scientist hulk and cookie monster venom just hanging out don't worry scientist hulk <laughs> i get you a date with the pretty redhead no stop it hey girl how you doing you are so hot i love you <laughs> it's much 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 <laughs> I just like to imagine behind him, cookies are like exploding out of like black goop, <laughs> like just like cookie crumbles. What? Yeah, yeah. God, that I'm still yeah. thinking about that trailer in terms. Of, I'm still thinking about Venom in terms of just how weird Venom is. 
Did we even talk? Did we even talk about how the trailer is ninety percent like a goof on him going into a store and the lady being like, "Hi, Venom." Yeah. Like, he says hi back, and then the end is like, "He says he's gonna kill you." Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Like, don't kill her. She's like, "What?" Yeah. Venom's gonna kill me. It's, that's what that trailer that's was. Goof. It was him walking in goof. and out of fucking like that's corner the, stores. The goof. Is and then that, Carnage like, was in jail. Venom, don't kill him. Venom, don't you do it. Don't you murder Venom. Uh, That's the goof of this entire movie. Yeah. And I'm I, excited thing, for, like, the I'm excited. That's what I was about to no. say. I'm excited. Like, I'm ready for it. I want to go in and be like, Venom, don't you eat those people. But I want to eat them, Eddie. Don't do it, Venom. Dude. But they look so good, Eddie. I want to munch on them. That whole, I'm... Justice once. Look, I'm not gonna be able to see that movie now without uh thinking about the cookie monster the entire time. And I think that's only going to like make the experience make it better. better. Oh it's gonna yeah. make the like I'm gonna be dying laughing the entire movie. And people are gonna be like, What the fuck? Like someone just got ripped apart on screen. It's like, yeah, but it was the cookie monster. Okay, that guy's on drugs. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's not talk to that guy anymore. Yeah. Don't worry, Eddie. It's okay. I eat them later. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so excited. Do we think it's because there's this, like, negative connotation associated with doing, like, darker films now? So they're trying to make it? Because I feel like there is, like, a sort of trend. Like, well, because it's, like, everybody kind of makes fun of the DC films for being dark. Suicide Squad stuff? Yeah. Oh, you just mean, like, the darker in general. Okay. Not necessarily, like, the, the bad guy, good guy movie type deal. Yeah. Whereas now I feel like they gotta they gotta make it funny. They gotta make sure it can hit multiple audiences. So they've got to throw in Cookie Monster Venom to make it. <laughs> I mean, make he it was seem like, more lighthearted. He was like that in the first movie, yeah, uh, a little bit, if not all the way. Mm-hmm. So I don't really know if like the tone is is changing all that much from the first to second. Granted, we haven't really seen that many scenes with uh, with Carnage. Which, if they go the book route, like. I remember that one specific scene where it's just got the straight uh, one finger from Carnage as he's just like straight up killing a man. Uh, I will always remember that still from the comic. The uh, the T one thousand murder. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think there was actually like a little chat bubble where it made like a a noise when it. Yeah, I I remember well, that maybe, little strip very well. <laughs> maybe that's the smart thing where it's like because carnage is so violent and so over the top and it's like i am super serious bad guy that it's fun to have venom be like don't worry this guy is kind of poopy we take him out right like maybe that's fun yeah i don't know yeah maybe they need you to root for venom more Mm because venom is kind of like a you know anti-hero or whatever right and we don't he has to be the hero because we don't have spider-man so it's like they have to make him seem good, so they gotta put, gotta make add some levity. Even in the there first is film. a scene, there is a scene in the first movie that at the time I was like, "This is so dumb," but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, "I actually kind of love this." When Venom straight up is like, "I'm kind of the outcast of my world," right? He like literally <laughs> yeah. is like, "I'm a I'm a giant, I'm a space nerd." Yeah, I you know none of the other Venom like none of the other symbiotes like me. I kind of suck, and I'm I'm alone just like you, Eddie. I at the time I was like. What the hell is this? And yep. now looking back, I'm like, I kind of love this. I kind of love that they're like, because when you think about it in terms of Cookie Monster and Tom Hardy, it's even better. 
Because it's like, oh, they're just a bunch of goobers. All they have is each other. And they're just, they hang out together. And they're just like, oh, we are up to goofs. Right? Like, he's a, a monster. But he's also, like, a sad kind of pathetic monster. And I was like, you know what? Something about that I love now. Something It, it grew on me. Now I'm like, that's kind of that's kind of fun. That's kind of fun. You know, a couple of years ago, I think it was three years ago, they tried to do maybe four. I've got time moves so fast. They did like a run where Carnage it was a miniseries where Carnage tries to be a good guy, oh, but really? still ends up being a bad guy every time. <laughs> I forgot his impetus to why he does, but he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to stop this crime. And he like basically explodes the dude and all this blood goes flying on the grandma who he rescues from the robber. And he's just like, whoop, sorry. Wasn't that from Axis inverting his personality? Yeah, I just remember reading it and being like, <laughs> being like, what if they did this as a movie? It would just be so Deadpool-like, but I don't know. He just and he tries to be a good guy and then just still murks people left and right. I think he's just going to be a savage. I hope he is just a straight-up savage in the movie. Scary? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I hope all of his all of the carnage scenes borderline on like psychotic energy right of just being an absolute fucking nutcase but i don't i don't think the movie's rated r right like was the first one rated no r? no it wasn't that because that yeah someone someone in my chat made a good point um who was it uh avanar uh said darker movies equals less kids let less kids watch humor equals all can watch it sucks that we can't have dark though uh we still have the animated movies at least pretty on point right like the more accessible a movie is from a content perspective the more money it will make and that's the whole goal uh of these right at the end of the day it's not to tell a good story it's to make as much money as humanly possible uh, with all that said though with all that said i just want to put this out there my father who i think i've mentioned on this this podcast who uh -huh. does not handle superhero movie well he like <laughs> cannot get through them loves unabashedly loves all of the Deadpool movies. Like sure, there's times yeah. where I've, I've watched him be like, Oh, I love this one. And I'm like, what Deadpool? And he's like, Oh, this scene's great. And I'm like, this is the one that Deadpool's what got you. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. And in my mind, I'm like, there's no way my dad's going to sit through a movie scene where like a dude gets his body ripped in half and then has to regrow his legs. And has his like dick hanging out. There's no way my, this is my dad. And my dad's like, ah, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> So, I mean, you know, and that's an R. I, I have to imagine, that, you know, Deadpool is its probably the exception to the rule. But it proves that if you do something in a way that people like, it's both comedy and like way over the top. You can do it. You can pull it off. Well, if you, sure. If you yeah. go 100% in. You can't like, show All that. All right, we're in. You can't show that to an 11-year-old, though. Right? Like, but they'll still find a way to watch it. Let's not even pretend. Well, They're still going to watch it. But, yes, but they're not going to be buying tickets with their other, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the money, they will definitely lose money in the end uh, when it comes to putting a rated R um, thing on a movie compared to having it be PG-13 or something like that. Ultimately. I mean, Deadpool. But Deadpool did, did very the, well. It, I, I don't know. $783 what million. Dollars. Yeah. And and the, the unfortunate thing is Venom made a hundred more than that. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, uh, but I, I, yeah, I don't disagree two, with 785. Yeah. That's, I, I didn't I realize mean, they make that a lot. 
Or they made that yeah, much? Yeah, Logan, Logan made $619 million. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to see. It made a lot, but you're right. Venom, but here's the thing. Venom, I think, had a lot of hype going in because it was Venom. Yeah. I'm curious what Venom 2 will be like compared. Will it have a drop-off? Will it do better because Carnage is in it? I yeah. have no clue. I think most sequels usually have a drop-off, right? Isn't that the trend? Unless it's like an Avenger-style thing where they just add more yeah. big-name actors. But I also would say most people know Venom more than Deadpool as well. Like if you had to go to like the average nerd, most people are aware of Venom because Venom was like the biggest thing in the world for a while. Yeah. And Deadpool well, and there was is an animated like... version, right? Which I think mm-hmm. like helps a lot for awareness is if there's an animated version people grew up with and that helps. I don't remember a Deadpool animated version when I was a kid. No, nope. no, that he did not. That did not exist. Only recently was there a Deadpool animated version that was, I think, in like Spider-Man animated show or something. Oh, really? But I don't know when the hell. That, I think it was in the last ten years. I just maybe? remember the game. Whatever that the the like PS4, Xbox One game, PC game, whatever the fuck that was. The I, I don't the, think it was the good. Deadpool game way back yeah. when. Yeah. Wait, that was, was like a fun game, but that was also. Years. Yeah, but that was also. Was that pre-movie or was that? That, around the movie that was post it was pre-movie but post whatever that thing that ryan reynolds was shopping around oh okay okay so gotcha. he had like the animatic or whatever he was shopping around and so it was like in that space where they were like trying to get the movie made still yeah yeah maybe that was ps3 era. maybe that that wasn't on ps4 i remember it being pc though um i remember uh the scene where deadpool like goes to the naked spa that was pretty great i didn't play the game very long so i don't remember that scene but i can only imagine how absurd the scene was it was as absurd as you can imagine great as absurd as you can imagine great uh the other two bits of news i found one here while we were chatting uh as you as you do uh, as disney tends to do they have submitted uh wandavision and the falcon and the winter soldier uh to the emmys uh wandavision is going as a limited um so they're not competing against one another wandavision is going as a limited series and uh falcon and the winter soldier is going for uh best drama do you think they have a chance do you think we (laughs) those categories are so out of whack i've never seen that look on (laughs) i just like the way you said it i was like that, I mean, I guess they don't want them to compete. Right. I understand. Yeah. I just, it's so weird that it's like best limited series goes to WandaVision and best drama goes to, what was it? Best drama? Is that what it was? Yep. Uh, best drama for Falcon Winter Soldier. Falcon Winter Soldier. I would have like reversed that because the, there's more character moment stuff. Like, like, you know, the whole thing is about, you know, that's the first time I've ever been like, oh, yeah, no, I care about Wanda. <laughs> and the entire MCU, that's the first time I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. she's been, this girl's been through some shit. And I feel, I don't know, maybe I feel like they're reversed. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter in the end. An award's an award, but it just seems, you know, maybe they think they can well, win. Yeah, I mean, they haven't been nominated series. yet. That's the first hurdle, right? They, they most likely will not be nominated, I would yeah. think. Um, but. It, it's it's what 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 will be the first Marvel movie to win a like uh, a big 
uh, thing. Have, yeah, have they not won any music they, I think and or like Black Panther graphical? Win? Did it win Best Picture or what? Did it, it won something, but it wasn't like Best Picture, was it? Uh, let's see. No, I think it, I think they won one. They won a few. I think one was for like costuming, and I think the other one was for cinematography. Uh, oh, so it was nominated like... for Best Picture. Uh, it won for Best Costume, Best Original Score, and Best Production Design. Oh, okay. Production. It's the first superhero film to receive a Best Picture nomination and the first MCU film to win an Academy Award. I'm going to be honest. The awards are, like, so political, and there's this general yeah. stigma around around comic book movies that they're bad. Totally. Like there's there's the you know and I understand that like our standards do drop a little bit. I think subconsciously we all kind of do that. Like when when you watch you know an, a normal movie versus an MCU movie, you're willing to I think forgive a lot more. But even despite of that, I think some of the MCU films are really good. But I don't anticipate. I think like people would be like, "How did this win Best Picture? It's a, it's a stupid comic book movie for stupid people." Well, here's I the thing: looking. See... Was it Scorsese? There was recently like a oh, huge yeah. director. Scorsese's the one yeah, who was Scorsese, like yeah. who talked a bunch of crap on how stupid comic book movies are and how stupid the people who watch them are. I think. Yeah. It's like. So according to uh, the wiki, the uh, <clears throat> visual effects awards they like won a bunch of those. Yeah. Um, they've won a bunch of MTV and TV awards. <laughs> they uh, the Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy won some Hugo awards. Um. But for the most part, most of the awards that they, the Saturn Awards they've cleaned up at, apparently, they've done very well there. But most of the like Academy Awards, uh, every single one has been for Black Panther. Yeah. So that was the only ones. That, uh, that they won. won Best Original Score, Costume Design, uh, uh, Production Design, all that stuff. Um, the BAFTAs, they won for uh, visual effects for Black Panther. Um, yeah, Black Panther won a ton of awards. Um, but none of the other films, unlike major awards, not to say that the sci-fi awards and things like that aren't major, but They're like the things Oscar. that people in Hollywood care about, yeah, most of it was all Black Panther. Um, there's very little else they won with. You think we? I'm 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 thinking of the movies that we know, in terms of just the content. Do you think any of those is like Oscar bait slash Oscar worthy? They're all just kind of like popcorn. Films. Currently, right now, yeah, the films no, I mean, that we know. Not that I know of. No, I think Ant Man uh, and the Wasp: Quantum Mania will win Best Picture, hundred percent. I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. I was asleep. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember what happened in that movie. I had to go rewatch it in parts to figure out what was going on. I didn't even know, you know that they got they got dusted at the end. I had no clue. I was like, "What? Oh, that explains so much." Yeah. Um. Chat's saying Eternals. I, I think Eternals might have the best chance of, of something, right? Like, it, if there was Marvel Oscar bait, it is quite literally the movie directed by the person that Eternals just won Best out? Director uh, this year, later this year. Um, like before December something? Yeah, I think it's November, right? something like that. They're, they'll hit the, um, they'll be in the running, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, they'll be in the running. For, oh, then yeah. for sure. Plus, it's at the end of the cycle, which means it'll be on everyone's mind. So if it, like, is good... And does what it's supposed to do, then I think it could stand a chance. But again, I still don't know what the hell that movie's going to be about, truly. 
Yeah. I truly have no clue how they, they're like, when the, when the literal tagline is them talking about how it's going to span 7,000 years. Yeah. How do you, how do you make that movie? Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot of time. To, I, I can get that. Like you can jump forward and back and do all that stuff. But like, it's been tried before. And I don't think anyone successfully pulled off like the greatest saga ever. It's never happened where someone's like, they nailed it. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's hard I to tell also- a big story. I feel like it's also hard for them to be Oscar bait because they have to like their production is like shorter and they have to worry about continuity setup and follow up from other films versus like if we take another film that has like mass appeal is rooted in nerddom and won tons of awards like Lord of the Rings yeah. didn't have those problems like those movies first of all took forever to make. But yes. then second of all, they did not have to be like like they they had to kind of be loyal to the source material, but they didn't have to worry about, well, we need to fit this movie in in between these other two movies that are coming out. And we have to have some tie in to, you know, the rest of the, the Silmarillion. Yeah. And we've got to got we have to have some nod to Farmer Giles of Ham. And we got to make sure that all of this. But they have that issue with with the MCU. So I just don't think any of the m- movies, cause sometimes I feel like trying to follow up on other threads or, or leave a thread to the next one is kind of annoying. I feel like mm-hmm. it bogs the movie down, which is why I think I liked some of the, some of the show stuff more because they didn't have to be like, well, we've got to, we've got to make sure we have an homage to these three characters or a thread mm. to what happened here. It's just so much to juggle. I don't envy the director. Oh, they juggle a the- shit ton every movie. I mean, they'll they'll still be doing that for the the future movies, right? Like they're introducing so yeah. many new characters, uh, even for like um, uh, the next Doctor Strange, they're introducing like two mm-hmm. or three giant characters that have already been cast. I think. Um, so it, yeah, I, I agree with you. They they have to juggle a lot, whereas other movies don't. So it's it's tough. I know to, a lot of a lot that. of people were saying that. Uh, they're like, what about Lord of the Rings? That won a bunch of Academy Awards. Here's all I'm gonna say. I don't I don't know. It was 20 years ago. 20 it still boggles my mind. It was 20 years yeah, ago the first one came old. out. Um I don't know if you remember being in the theater or like what the reaction was to the first movie. Well, loved and adored. People were like, Where is this going? Like, I remember a few being I when I was in the theater and they were just like, Let's end it with the the fellowship split and like yeah. Okay, Mr. Frodo, let's go off. And then just cuts to black. I remember being like, they, how dare they? How dare they? I have to wait a year for this? How dare they? And I, in my, that's that, that's the emotion I had. It wasn't like, what great acting. And what, like, what this was. like It wasn't what? it. Like, the world was beautiful. The only things that people thought about were like, New Zealand is lovely. And I let's see where the second one goes. It wasn't until that second one came out and blew everyone's balls off. Yeah. Or if you had no balls, you well. grew balls and then they exploded off. <laughs> it was it, it, like that movie sealed the deal. That first movie came out. People were just like, all right, let's see where they go. Yeah. yeah. And that's why the third movie won all the awards. It did. Yeah. The third one won literally every award. Because it I, took I, three movies for them to be like, yeah, okay, you can have them all. Yeah. Even though all three movies in that Lord of the Rings trilogy are like. They're great. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful so movies. Are. So. You know, it took three I, I for them to admit. I still remember the light that was cast over the... I was in India when those movies came out. Put the light that was cast over the 
movie theater, like in the forging of the ring. Like when that, because I had already read the books. <laughs> yeah. I was like 10. I'd already read the books. I remember when she was like, you know, but all of them were deceived with, Clay, with Kate Blanchett's voice. And I remember being like, we're witnessing history. Like as a, yeah. like a nine-year-old, yeah. eight-year-old. I was like, ah, ah, you know, like it was like so crazy. And seeing like people who had no clue what this was in the audience be like, because that, that movie is visually stunning and auditorily stunning. Because they have like the voices in the back going, oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. yeah. And you're like, what is happening? What is happening? The opening scene, a man swings a giant mace and dudes go like, oh, it's yeah. cool. How you cannot be hyped for that movie the, <laughs> from the minute it starts is just like, you've done a service to us. Like you can tell it was a work of love and passion by everyone involved mm -hmm. i don't know that i can say the same about the hobbit but lord of the rings no, definite like you can tell everyone there was like we are gonna do a thing it, there's 99 percent of that movie still holds up today all is yes. you know it doesn't oh, yeah there's some moments where the nazgul appear yes. and you can see how they like darkened they like put like a little face mask <laughs> on you can kind of see it now because yeah. the special effects I and tvs have gotten better and you're like I've watched okay, the 4K version. Most of it holds up. Yeah, I, I watched the 4K versions recently, and people from my community, I've said this a billion times, the green screen stuff looks real bad. Uh, like, yeah. specifically when the ants are walking in, in uh, Two Towers, it's just kind of like, like, this looks worse than Muppets. <laughs> like, <laughs> they should have just gotten the Muppets to do this part, because it looks what? real bad. <laughs> yeah, in 4K, I can't wait. it doesn't. Yeah, but that yeah. scene when they first walk into Moria oh, it's is like incredible. that scene where Ian McKellen says like behold you know the great halls of the dwarves oh yeah Moria and they play that that like just soul-stirring score and you see the scale of it it's remarkable I was like it's all remarkable yeah there's so many incredible shots <laughs> my my dad hates all of the like all this stupid stuff he's like one of those people that is like very serious about films you know what I mean and I remember he was walking by during that scene where they're like reading the journal in, in Moria. And there was like that beam of light falling on the on the yep. casket. I remember my dad stopping and being like, and he's a professional photographer. He's like, this film cinematography. That's perfect. What movie is this? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? He was like, that is a beautiful scene. And he was like pausing it and showing me that you can turn every single shot of like that 10 minutes into like a wallpaper. He was breaking down to me like how that's really impressive to be able to do something like that, to be able like to have a, to have a movie that's so beautiful that you can get a perfect shot just by pausing it repeatedly because everything just looks so good. And I was like, wow. and that that right there is the difference between something like Lord of the Rings and the MCU. The MCU rarely takes time for a moment to give you a beautiful shot. In fact, I would wager the only beautiful shot moment is Thanos's smile at the end of Infinity War. That moment where he's yeah, just I like him. Yeah, I think Taika does. Ta Taika, Taika's Taika's got that shot on the, that, on that the bridge. Electric, yeah, that bridge yeah, shot the electric is like bridge. pretty. He's got, he's yeah, got yeah. a few in Ragnarok, but I think that's why Ragnarok stands out because it felt like the first time, for me at least, that the films were truly comic booky. Because he he there were some things that looked like a frame from a cover, 
Yeah. He, he has it in a few points where he just like, boom, there's like, there's the shot and it looks perfect. The, uh, the only other time I think that they've done shots like that is the one time in every Avengers movie where they all like end the up circle. posing. Yeah. Yeah. The there's like pose. the circle in the first one, the one where they're all like, they jump into action and it's cheesy, but like, you also get that vibe of like, it's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah. Damn, that's no, cool. I, yeah. I, I still think it's talking about it without the rest of the movie being watched at the same time as cheesy as fuck but within that movie when you're watching it you're like all right that's pretty cool yeah that's what you've been waiting for <laughs> it's the reason why yeah. the avengers assemble at the end of endgame you're just like this is the hypest moment in the history of movies yeah. like that's there's yeah. a reason because it's like oh why why do they all decide to stand not in a straight line and in like a weird thing so you can see every single one of them who knows it's the coolest shit i've ever seen right <laughs> it's comic book cover right it, yeah, yeah, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. they all cover. had to be yeah. visible all the heroes had no one could stand next to someone no one stands behind the hulk so when the camera goes by you know everyone you know yeah it's great yeah it's it's the greatest comic book shot uh potentially ever mm-hmm. and, and probably forever uh, in a lot of ways, but yeah, there's, it's tough to find like cinematography in the, in the MCU. I do think that that's because it has shot, to be fast and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. That bridge shot is up there though. I'm trying to think if there's any other like, I, I mean, shots. Taika has a few. I also really love the one of, uh, basically like you see Thor and then there's like a moment where you realize Hulk is in the room with him. And like, there's like a quick pan up where he goes like out of focus, and you see the Hulk sitting on this giant skull bed with these like beads around his neck and, a, oh, and yeah. like a wide, like that one too. I was like, oh, like we're getting Hulk glamour shots. We've never gotten Hulk glamour shots in any place in the MCU. We've never gotten those like this is a really cool guy shots. But Taika gave us like a good handful of awesome, like really good, just like shots of the Hulk. Yeah, you're right. That whole movie is. I'm trying to I'm like. The lightning jump towards the end is a great scene. That's one of the or best. Or Loki man. showing up on the ship, like flying. He's like, "Yo, the- save ya!" Like, there's a lot of amazing shots in that film that I think is really well done. Yeah, you're totally right. I will say yeah. though that Loki shot might also be benefited heavily by the song playing uh, <laughs> as he's oh, falling to the bridge. Like that might heighten that entire experience. But you know. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, my, so? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say maybe not because it they cheapens it? my biggest complaint my biggest complaint is that they use immigrant song twice in the same movie they do in the opening once in the beginning yeah. and then once later and when they play it later I'm like cool I know what you're doing but like also why are we doing this again why it's pretty other good, songs though. like the opening is really good when he's the opening's great it's yeah. just one of those things where it's like it's the same song so it's like is his theme is this like is the I don't know. They paid a lot of money for those rights, Jesse. Let them play it twice. I don't know. Those I thought it was weird. They used the song dollars. Twice. Yeah. I wouldn't have Zep used it in the beginning. Zep is cheap. Zep is expensive. I, but it doesn't like. It would have been better if they only used it once when he got his lightning powers, and he's like, "What are you, God of Hammers?" And they kicked in. It would have been like, "Yeah, that would be amazing." But because they used it once already in the film, I was like, "Its emotional impact is down six percent." That's all I'm I saying. Got, I got you. I got you. Oh, it's awesome. I'm not saying it was bad music. I'm saying they already used it once, and uh, I wouldn't have done I'm just directorially, I would not have done that. I feel like I'm on the same level as Taiko Waititi. Uh, I've done YouTube for 10 years. <laughs> noted. Noted. We'll, we'll take that in Thank consideration. You. Yeah. Yeah. Heard, I feel like uh, for me, it was like closing, closing the loop a little bit. I felt like it was maybe a narrative choice to be like, hey, remember when Thor was a badass in the beginning of this movie with his hammer? 
and single-handedly beat the crap out of Sturt and did all of this. Well, he's been defeated. He's lost an eye. He's lost his hammer, and he's still that bitch. That was my, that was why I thought they played that song. Like even without the hammer, even without his eyeball, he's still that dude from the beginning of the movie that killed like an entire army on his own. He still got it. He still got the juice, and I felt like maybe. I get that's it, but it's not like the song. Avengers theme, right? Where it's like. The, the themes, it, we've never, you know, it's one of those things we've never heard it before. True. We finally got it for this. Uh, you know, like, if it, it, there's, it isn't like Thor, the problem is Thor doesn't have theme music. Like, Thor doesn't right, have a theme doesn't song. he doesn't have his own song, yeah. So he has, he has no, like, he's back well, and he, here's his theme and he's good to go. And so, He it was, had one of those first two movies, but. I couldn't uh, tell you what it was. I, I couldn't. I, even, if you go back. and tell you what it was. They're, they're definitely there. Uh, and I think even in the third, in Ragnarok, like. I want to say at least it's hinted at, uh, or or maybe even like one small snippet of the the song is there in the third one. But yeah, it's very Here's uplifting. It's it's very much like what those two movies are. It, it I can I can remember the theme song, but it's not like it's not the Avengers theme song, right? If moving forward, his theme song is immigrant song, then I'm <laughs> then I'm fine. Then I'm fine. If from now on, <laughs> looking back, I'll be like, oh, it's totally fine. Because every time he shows up, it's like, I come from the land of the ice and snow. And I'll be like, great. Yeah, this is, this is his theme song. We're good. Yeah. And I'll be fine. But like, because it's just the one movie, I'm being critical because I can't. I, I, I saw. <laughs> Did Iron Man have a theme song or was it just the Black Sabbath song? He does eventually, um, I, but. He had a, a bunch of ACDC okay. as well. Yeah. Uh, was like, yeah. you know, every time he show up, ACDC would play. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think he definitely had like a stinger, though, if I recall. Oh, but... he did. It was like a guitar riff. He had like, it yeah. plays at the end of the first Iron Man movie. He definitely has like a thing. But mm-hmm. uh, there's a there's a video that's on YouTube, and I think it's like every main theme of every Marvel movie. And as you play through it, it does like in order of release all the Marvel themes. And you realize as you listen through it, most of those you didn't realize was the theme of that character. You're like, wait, this is this character's theme song. Cause they, the, the most recognizable ones are captain America Ant-Man. and then the Avengers ones Ant-Man one. and, and even the Avenger ones. They, again, this is why age of Ultron's so weird. They don't even, the main theme of age of Ultron is not the main theme of the Avengers. It's just no. a different theme. Well, it's a different composer too. Um, what what is it? Alan Silvestri, I think, did uh, did Endgame and uh, Infinity War, and that one to me is like the canonical. Is it? No, not Alan Silvestri. That's someone completely different. Who was the the composer for those two movies? I only uh, Silvestri is the. Oh, is Silvestri? I don't know how to say. It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. Funny enough, uh, Jesse, do you remember? Actually, I'm not going to say their name on stream. Uh, when we were in San Francisco, Jesse, uh, one of the people at that um, screening, their uncle is Alan Silvestri. Yes, I, uh, I recently was it the. It was probably at my wedding, maybe. Yeah, it was at the wedding. I talked with said person. Yes, about the whole thing. I was yeah, like, Bronzy probably met him there at the, the wedding as well. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I didn't realize that they were the related to the composer of most of the mcu films <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah they they very much like to remind me about that i'm like look dude you're not cool all right you can't you can't use your uncle yeah. that's the cool crap. your uncle's very cool <laughs> <laughs> your uncle's the coolest yeah 
Don't get me wrong. You gotta, you gotta just tell that. (laughs) Uh, No, he knows. That's why you gotta say that. You gotta, you gotta knock him down a peg. Uh, Right. uh, The other big bit of news. That's friendship right there. It is. It is. Yeah. Keep him humble. Uh, The other big bit of news is uh, for whatever reason, uh, we didn't really get one. Uh, Loki and I guess all subsequent Disney plus MCU things are moving to Wednesdays uh, instead of Fridays, which I guess in the grand scheme of things, if you do it now, they're not going to be competing with themselves potentially with like box office movies. Um, Mm. But they're Mm. like, the only reason that it's like upsetting to me is that the show is on Monday. So now we're going to be Wednesday to Monday for a longer wait. I don't really have any other issues with it. It's it's very similar to what they did with the Star Wars animated shows. Yeah. Uh, when Star when they were pumping out a Star Wars movie every year, um, it allowed them to do things like in Star Wars Rebels, they could tell a story leading up to oh tee up to Rogue it. One. Like oh. it actually, and so then in Rogue One, in the background, it's like General Sundula, and you're like, Ugh! right? It's it, things like that. So they could like tell the stories that connected better with what's going on. So you could have arcs about. You know, there's this weird Death Star plan, and then like the next week, you're literally in a movie about that, and so it allows them to do better things. We'll see. We'll see how that works with the MCU. Yeah, yeah, it's it's whatever. Um, that there's not. I don't. Bronze, do you have any takes on it? I don't really know if there are any takes. It's just a scheduling issue for me. Yeah, no it it's it's one of those things where I hundred percent think they don't want people to have to pick between going to see the movie on the weekend with their friends and the new show dropping. Yeah. I feel like they want day one tickets. Even that whole trailer about like, you know, the the Marvel at the movies or whatever. I think they really want their box office sales back. They're trying to remove any obstacle they can. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to remove any obstacle they can. And like, you know how they say with streaming, like, Oh, your competition is another stream. Your competition's everything. It's TV. It's football. It's, I feel like Marvel's in that space right now. Like, listen, our competition isn't just other movies. It's it's shows. It's, it's our us. shows. It's <laughs> hiking on the weekend. You know, we got we to gotta make sure that people are, that, that's all they got to do on the weekend is go see the movie. Yeah. It's true. I mean, in you can Hollywood tell exec. it's, yeah, that's Hollywood. You can tell it's, it's bad in the movie industry at the moment because we were last night just talking about how uh, some theaters near us are like, you can rent a theater for a hundred bucks. Yeah. They like do the whole that. theater they and you can just here. bring your friends for uh, like a hundred dollars. That's if Dude. you can like fill that thing, you're making bank on that. Like that's cr- you were ripping them off as a hundred dollars uh, for a theater. I mean, like as someone who's rented draft houses out, that is uh, a penny. <laughs> what It usually costs mm-hmm. to do a full theater. Yeah. Well, yeah, a lot I mean, of movie theaters were already running on very small margins, and right. they would make majority make the money of their money concessions. Yeah, yeah, which most people don't pay the money for that because it's overpriced and the quality's not great. Which is why we've seen like nicer boutique theaters kind of come up. Like, like most yep. of my friends, you have the theater you go to for movies you don't give a crap about, and you sneak in snacks, and then you have the movie you go to to have a full experience and have artisanal popcorn yeah. with a beer, you know, and we've seen so many of those rise up, you know, even in Seattle, I feel like I have my option of three or four, like nicer movie places. And then you have like the, the ones where nobody's buying concessions. So 
right? I don't, I don't know. I feel like what sucks is the, the pandemic has hit not only movie theaters, but comic book stores so hard. And so I was reading this article that was kind of talking about like, are print comics ever going to make a comeback? Are people ever going to buy these at the same rate they were earlier? Like, are comic book stores ever going to have a sustainable business model? Like, do people even care about print comics anymore? And I'm scared because I'm like, yo, that's the source material for all of the best movies. (laughs) Like, they adjust it. Yes, as much as we want to say, oh, comic books suck and that canned response, fam, all of our best storylines have been inspired and and kind of like that seed was planted in comics that were written in the 60s, in the yeah. 70s, and they're still relevant because like that much love and care went into them, you know? Like WandaVision is just a different take on House of M. And so, mm-hmm. it, you know, like uh, Ragnarok is just a different take on Planet Hulk. So I get worried about that. Three of my favorite local comic book shops closed during the pandemic. Really? I uh, I heard a great yesterday. We were having this exact same conversation. I was hanging out with friends for the first time in forever, and we were having this exact same conversation. And I heard like, oh, the best roast, but I think it's entirely true. It's currently comic books are written by sixty year olds for fifty year olds. That was the roast I heard. I was like, yo, I believe that though. That's how I feel sometimes. And because there's a lot of characters, you're like, how do you get an eighteen year old like into comics right now? Like because they have the movies, they have the games. Like, co- like to find comics, you have to literally find a comic book shop in your area. They used to be in grocery stores, y'all. I don't know if you remember this. You can go to the grocery store and pick oh, up that's comics. I used to get them. I'd get the ones with you the little foil have card to on find, them. <laughs> you have to find a yeah. hobby shop or comic shop, and there yeah. are so few now that yeah. you have to travel to get it. And like, why? Why do that? You have yeah, all these other alternative travel- sources for these characters. You have to travel to get it because, like, I mean, that was where the comic book censorship or the ban was so horrible. Like, saying, like, oh, these aren't good for kids. They need to be, like, put away and all that or hidden away, basically. But this is also where it gets into, like, <sighs> I don't want to say this. Am I going to upset people today? Where, why it matters so much who is at the hobby store. And if that person is, like, a, a old grognard that hates women and hates kids and hates Grog everybody. Nerd. And it's like, well, back in my day, D D was this that actively pushes people out of the hobby with D D. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yes, I mean, that's a hundred percent. That's comic. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like I, I remember guy. I went in to buy Miss <laughs> Marvel as a single and the person was like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I was wondering who their target demographic was for this, and uh, I'm seeing it. And I'm over here like, that, wow. this is the, that comic is worth hundreds of dollars now. Because I'm like, it was the best-selling comic in the year it came out, you <laughs> stupid fuck. Like, but I remember picking it up and him being like, I was wondering who the target demographic was for this, and I'm seeing it. And I was like, I need to switch comic book stories. Yeah, I would have never gone That's back. That's happened to me like four or five times, like where it's like, just bad so it's like how do people get into comics like because there are younger people and like different voices getting into the comics writing scene jesse but unfortunately how do you find it how do you venture out and find it other than perusing you know the the racks yeah and there's not a good place to do that and it's tough if you're young and you want to tell a story for young younger people you want to tell a new story 
if you run a comic book shop, like the margins there, you know, you have to determine what to order, how much to order of what, how much you're being forced upon by different companies, by different publishers. And so if you see something new, you don't know if anyone wants to buy it. So how many of that do you order? Do you order any? Like you get like two or three and that. And so even then, you know, something new, something fun that younger people would like, then those younger people have to find you and have to want to look at this new thing. The barrier for entry for anyone in comics right now is so, so high. And that's why I always think back to the, like that's the early 90s, man. There were so many indie publishers and so many different things happening and it was a different time. And yeah, I don't, you know, well, I mean, comics sort of like cannibalize themselves. And like, I don't know. It's it's wild to see what's happened. But it certainly is not uh, an industry I would ever say like, you should definitely get into that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know why you would. Well, how, how much have like digital sales now just ruined in-person comic shops as well? Right? Like you just get a Marvel Unlimited yeah. or a, a Comixology. Comixology thing. Mm-hmm. And then you never have to go into another store ever again, unless you want that well, like feeling of the actual, you know, comic book. But it's still not, in my opinion, like easy to scroll. Like, wait, because I feel like those apps are great if you know what you're looking for. Yeah. But not right. if you're trying Browsing. to figure out what you're looking for. You know what totally. I mean? Like yeah. for the only time I've discovered new comics is, and maybe it's just me. It's it's been walking and looking at rats, being like, oh, this looks cool. Because the cover is such a huge part of the art form, right? Like you usually like the co- comic book cover artists are famous because like the cover can pull you in and get you to read number eighty six of a comic you haven't read prior to that, you know? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting is there are publishers coming in and trying to change it. Like I know, I think it's TKO Presents is like a newer publisher that doesn't work with Diamond Distribution. They kind of self distribute, and the first issue of every comic is free. And so you can go online, read the first issue, and then you buy the whole set. Because for a lot of people, it's like, I don't want to wait every week for my comic. So you actually can pre-order the entire set of, of like six to eight comics, whatever it is, get the whole thing, or you can get it in graphic novel version. So like, I think there's ways to save the medium. But if you're like, why do you want print to survive? Because it's cool. There always like will print. be a place for it. I, I don't think, I mean, yeah. there's there's a place for vinyl these days, right? Like. Sure, I think yeah. it will always exist. I just don't know if it'll be the biggest market, which I mean, yeah, that's how, that's a sign of the times, right? Like technology has kind of mm-hmm. changed a lot of what anything. I mean, MTG Arena <laughs> yeah. is fantastic, but there's still a market for physical MTG cards. We're seeing a market sure. for physical Pokemon cards. I mean, I have Doctor Strange's first solo appearance, you know, after he exited Strange Tales and got his own series. I mean, there's. there's I no. feel like. Stuff like people do want to own a piece of history. Mm-hmm. So, and, I don't know. There's also generational stuff. I mean, right now, manga is huge. Like, just in, like. Yeah, that's, someone in my chat huge. just said that as well. It's it's taken over the entire, like, younger demographic, right, Jesse? Yeah, and, and like, you know, it's, it, it's a style thing, right? Because comics do not look like manga. And so, you know, there's, yeah. there's a whole different style of what you're into. And, you know, I, you know that's just... I think it's on a comic book shop, for example, to like have those things there, right? Just like when we, when bookstores were like slowly going out of business, the bookstores that survived and that are still thriving now, even pandemic stuff are the ones that were like, we're a bookstore, but we're also 
a place like where you can listen to music and a place where you can do live reads and a place where it's a coffee shop and a place where like it's a community place to hang out more than just selling books. And so I think the more you do, if you have a comic book shop and the more you do, if you have something that's sort of like limited and what you can do, you know, that's why they're selling, yeah, they're selling the giant posable sideshow things. And like, you yeah. can see them trying to expand, but also it's, t- you know, it's still the same. It's like tough. But if you go, if you're ever in, um, is it Strange Planet? Is that the name of the London, the like big London comic book shop? That place has two, three floors, and everything there is it's constantly packed, and that's because they've like created a persona. Like you have to do that. Forbidden Planet, that's what it is. Oh. Forbidden Planet. Like you have to do that kind of thing. You have to make yourself uh, bigger than just like. Here's the thing, though. If you Tough go in that do. shop, if if you go into Forbidden Planet. Everyone in there, it's probably a little touristy, but like everyone in there is every shape, size, color, creed, whatever. And your local comic book shop and let you know it ain't like that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it ain't like it ain't much like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, depending on if you're like a big city for sure. Yeah. The, the norm comic think, book shop is rough. I think there are the like th- there are other m- mediums that seem more out of date that have still survived if you think about it because yeah. i do think like the experience of of going and getting something is like that immediate rush the immediate feedback is so good but i also think like i said like the the industry needs to like change because anytime a show comes out the graphic novel version of it is sold out and it's yet skyrockets, yeah. they still they still haven't figured this out <laughs> they're not, how, they're how not back ordering it like weeks like, before i haven't looked but I promise you, if you try to go buy Invincible right now, I'm sure the first trade paperback is like $40. And in six months, they will they will print it when nobody wants it anymore. But I, I have a feeling because I had a friend ask me for my copy. And yeah. I'm like, this happened with Umbrella Academy. This happened every single time. Yeah. They sell out. And somehow, the printers still have not figured out, oh, hey, we should probably do a reprint of this graphic novel that's going to go crazy. You know, we're gonna, not going to be able to keep it in stock for six months because people want to read the original source material. And it's like, you guys are missing a gold mine here. Like, Yeah. I mean, that, that's why digital comics are, are going crazy whenever that stuff hits, right? Because. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely looked into, even though I've, I, I read all of Invincible digitally uh, the first way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely looked into getting like, I think there's four omnibuses or three omnibuses for it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and they're hard as fuck to get, <laughs> they are not easy right now. Um, so it's- yeah, there's some that are now worth hundreds of dollars, like for yeah. a, for an omnibus, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for my Sandman's to go up and I'm waiting. It's going to happen. There's going to be a time. Still doing that like, show, right? The, the still Sandman signed on to do thing, it? I have no clue. I have no clue, but I'm waiting. I'm like, all my Sandman collectibles are going to quintuple in price, and I still won't sell them because I'm a sentimental fool. Did I ever tell you that when I was a kid, uh, all, like, you know, when you go into comic book shops, they would have like standees or different things of different comics? Yeah. Every Sandman standee scared me. Really? Every single one. As a kid, I was terrified <laughs> by them. I- yeah. I was like weirded <laughs> out by them. I was always just, I don't know if it was like the art style or whatever, but it always creeped me out, and I would like have to look away. Oh yeah! Now I like appreciate the hell out of them. But when I was a kid, I was like, 
If we're telling it weird, it was always creepy to me. I don't know why. If we're telling comic book uh, stories, store stories, my brother worked at a comic book store for seven or eight years, and so like every weekend, that's where I would go uh, to do something, whether it was like land and play Halo because that was something that they offered, or like just sit there and like see what the fuck they were, uh, you know, see what they had in store. Uh, I bought all of the anime wall scrolls back in the day. That was what I filled my room with was Look anime wall scrolls. I'm glad I don't have those anymore because they were really embarrassing. Uh, looking back, uh, I remember having now like my a, brain's just like, what, how what cool that? would it be? Like, how cool would it be if like we had a comic book store where you could watch like a live taping of a show like this one? Didn't Kevin Smith do something like that? And it would oh, yeah, be like so. more. There, there was a place in LA that had a back room that you could watch podcasts. I've, I've, I was, I've been there, and I think a it closed back down. Room? I think it, like it, you would go in. It was a comic book shop. I think it was also a record store? Question mark. I can't remember. But like in the back, right. in the back had like a place where you could watch podcasts be filmed. They would film all these things, and then like everything else because LA is like, well, oh, was that we a don't meltdown? Billion dollars. It, it was meltdown. Yeah, that's yeah. what Chad's saying. Yeah. That's kind of cool because then down. you could work together with creators and ha- bring a bunch mm-hmm. of people into your store. I think it's just about innovating, but that's sad that that closed. Was that a pandemic casualty as well? No, it was. A, it was pre-pandemic. It was just another in LA to own and to like rent any property. It costs oh. a fortune, and you know, that's yeah. just life. Yeah, that's how it goes. But I gotta find those wall scrolls. I had a sick Vegeta wall scroll. I thought that was pretty sick. I had an Escaflone wall scroll, which I didn't even like that anime. Yo, Escaflone uh, was the first time I realized anime is all a lie. It's, it's what <laughs> wait, I realized. What? Hold on. Yeah, Escaflone what? was the first time. So Escaflone, here's the thing I learned about. Escaflone taught me the truth about anime. Okay. Escaflone is 16 of the best episodes you'll ever watch. <laughs> it hits the midpoint, and it's trash the rest of the way. <laughs> and I realized most anime follows that route, where it's like, the first half of a season is phenomenal and the end sucks. And someone once explained to me that, and I don't know if this is true, but this is the explanation I got because they're like, this is why though, apparently in like that manga culture, there's the, 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 the like getting there is the adventure and the important thing. And the ending is not as important as like the road you traveled to get there. And I don't know that that's true, and I still doesn't sit right with me because I'm like, you're still telling a story. It's still got to be good, but like that's what I was told, and I was like, I don't know that I believe that. But all I'm saying is, Escaflowne was the first time I realized like, it, you go through like a, the first half of that show is incredible. There are moments in there where I'm like, oh my god, I'm having Final Fantasy VI vibes. Like I feel <laughs> the show, and then a, then a plot twist happens, and you're like, oh, oh, this can only get better. No, it's shit. The entire rest of the way, shit. And that is how I feel about most, like, just anime in general. It's how I felt about when they did uh, Full Metal Alchemist for the first time, where they were like, because they just get ahead of everything. Yeah. Like, eh, like, yeah. like, we'll just figure it out. And, um, yeah, that's why I was so thankful. Cowboy Sword Art Bebop Online was, like, was mine. Yeah. Sword Art Online, when you hit, what, season 1.5, the one with the elves, I was like, y'all okay? That was literally my response. I was like, y'all good? <laughs> 
Got some weird incest, weird shit happen. Are y'all okay over there? Well, like, elves this- and incest. I mean, name a better combo, you know? I was, I was so confused. I was like, y'all good? There, are, there are very few anime that I've ever seen that end in a way that I'm satisfied. I'm like, happy Cowboy Bebop. They did 26, and that was it. They're like, we're done. That's mm-hmm. it. We're done. We're never doing Like, I think that's great. Like, but even things like Samurai Shampoo, I'm like, I'm not sure I even remember the end. Like, I remember the journey getting there, but I don't even remember the end of that. Like, and, you know, there are many other ones, especially even one season ones. I don't remember a lot of where it ended. I remember themes. I remember, like, a weird kid with a baseball bat flying through power lines, killing people. Don't remember the name of it. Don't remember how it ended. But I remember that was, like, the theme of it. Right? I mean, there's there, there are so many fascinating things, but... Uh, no, home was it home run kid see i don't remember i don't remember any of these all i'm saying is i learned long ago that yeah anime's trash and i uh I, god bless I everyone recently who... watched, i recently watched an anime movie jesse that's like about a girl that controls the rain and it had like pretty good ratings oh, yeah. on whatever thing i and i was like oh cool let's see you like it and what? no you didn't like that one <laughs> really no weathering with you is pretty end, good like She's just like, you know, like, oh, yeah, like, uh, screw the planet. Just let it drown. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Like, this is w- w- random and weird. I thought Weathering like, with you was good. Like, it was, I liked, like, the first two thirds of it, but the last third, I was like, why That's is this movie still going? what I'm saying. Like, it just hit a <laughs> point where I was like, why is this still going? Why are Every... we done here? And that's why I think I have to believe what I was told, because... Everything I can just start naming off anime that I've seen, and it all is like great, and then the ending sucks every. What about time. Uh, what about Gurren Lagann, Jesse? Where do we where do we sit in the Gurren Lagann world? I don't think I got through that, so I, well, I, I I'm not okay. like a big anime dude. I'm not. I'm either. the guy who if is like the person he's dating at the time loves anime. I'm like, I guess I'll watch. So I will say, actually, the best anime I've ever seen is the one where the girls fight with their butts, and like they fight with their butts. Oh yeah! Oh, it's a sports anime, but it's like butt fighting. Is that the volleyball. It's hilarious. One? It's very good. And in the end, you're just like Kaijo. That actually is that what it is? I think so. Oh yeah, well, it's hilarious. Kaijo. Yeah, it's actually good. It's actually good. Y'all think I'm messing? It's actually very good. It's so good. I'm not even playing. It's actually good. I Akira. I love Akira. I think the ending is too wild for me. Yeah. Like, the ending's too much. It gets a little bit weird. Yeah. yeah. I liked standalone complex, Ghost in the Shell. I liked it. Yeah, I liked that I one. Was I thought like, it was okay. I liked Second Gig's ending a bit more, but like, yeah, it, it suffers from that same thing you're talking about, where you're like, oh, okay, that's an end. Wait, hold I on. Suppose. Someone in my chat, Jesse, and then we're getting off the anime topic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> someone in my chat just said that you've not seen uh, Evangelion. Everything? I oh, I totally have. Have uh, you seen everything? Girl, like, like yes. everything well most everything the first girl i dated in college was a huge fan because she thought she looked like one of the characters so that's where i was at in my <laughs> freshman year of college yeah that's where i was she was at. a giant and, uh, mech that's that's what you're saying she thought she looked like a mech okay, yes yeah um no that's where i was at in college so she thought she looked like her and uh so we would i watched it all and i will say that has a trash ending too in fact have the you movie seen all yeah has the a movie. Trashier, i was gonna say there's, the movie there's... has a sucky I think they all, I, you know, back then I didn't realize that that was a bad ending. I just knew that it ended. 
And now I've definitely uh, realized that, yeah, all of it is trash ending. All of it. All of it. And I can't figure out why. I can't figure out why. And I have to believe what I was told. Because, you know, you brought up Escaflona. That's all I'm saying. There you we go. I started this, this. I started this. this I remember loving Escaflona. I was like, I can't believe I... this is the show I've been waiting for. It's so neat. And then they were just like. <laughs> I had never even seen. I, I honestly no. bought the wall scrolls because I liked the, the art on them. I'd never even seen a lot of the stuff. Like, I didn't even know that Esca, that was an Escaflona thing. I was like, that's a cool looking mech thing. I think I want that it's, one. <laughs> again, let me say, if you want 16 grade up, 15. 14, 15, 16 great episodes. Escaflow is phenomenal. The beginning of that is like, like it literally feels like a Final Fantasy game. Yeah. And then there's like a plot twist moment, and you're like, this can only get better. <laughs> it goes the wrong direction. It goes like, what? I'm oh, not going to state my opinions because I like, I like uh-huh. Inuyasha's. So I'm pretty sure I have busted taste bud syndrome when it comes to. Anime. I literally said I, the, like, like, the, vampire I like the thing red, where butts that... attack each other. No. What's in it? Hold on. Let me Google. Inuyasha is the one with the dog guy. I guess maybe you might think he's a vampire. Yeah, he's a vampire red. guy in red. Yeah, I don't know anything about that anime. He's a vampire guy in red with the white hair. And the, and the like, the like twelve-year-old girl that he steals from uh, middle school down a well or something like that. All right. That's, that's that right. I remember seeing those. Yes. Yeah. I think that's how that story goes. I still goes. rewatch those. I don't know why. I just like to put them on in the background. And it seems like every episode they have even less pieces of the shit cone jewel where it's like, oh, it's almost full. Never mind. And it's half full. Oh, no, it's only full. And I don't know. It's half full. And it's just crazy because so much of it is like repetition. And I kind of know it's bad, but I still can't help but love it because I just love that, the tropes in it. Just, and I love Sashomaru and I love that baboon guy. But oh, there's so many guy. tropes in it where they will flash back to something that happened three minutes ago or they'll take information they already know and just be like, wait, does, does Kikyo love Inuyasha? I have to warn him, but I can't move, you know? And, and she's like always paralyzed or something. And then he's like, Kagome, how will I tell her yeah, that I, I care and that I love Kikyo? Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, he knows that you and Kikyo had a thing. She knows, everybody knows. Y'all been known for like two seasons. Y'all have known this. This is a given information. She's like, no, Kikyo, why do you want to kill Inuyasha? And I'm like, but you know, Kagome, you know why she wants to kill Inuyasha. You know why? Have you practiced your anime voices? Because those are like very, very good dub voices. I don't know if that was on point. That was like I don't like that you call them good dub voices because that says a lot about dubs. <laughs> like, wait, wait oh no! Watch out, Fuji-san! We gotta get out of here! That's Whoa! also very good. That's also very good. Those are great. Those are, you guys should do an anime. You should dub some anime. Have y'all ever seen other guys? There's yes. where, where Mark Wahlberg yeah, talks about how he movies. learned how to dance to make fun of. That's me. I learned the impression to make fun of anime. That's the that's my only practice. So maybe I got kind of good at it, making fun of it. I think yeah. you got a job if you if you want one. This is the, the this is why new career as Kagome. As kids, we watched we watched Dragon Ball Z because yeah. we didn't have to deal with like plot. It was all just like oh, it was <laughs> next time on Dragon Ball Z. Will Goku read Super Saiyan 4? And he's like, yeah. like 45 minutes of that shit. But the thing that sucked, Jesse, Zero plot. about no that. No one cared. He was like, Hurr! 
like, will it happen? And we were just like, will it happen? And then when it finally happened, eight episodes later, he was like, I'll punch you through the earth, Goku. Yeah. And you're like, okay. See, I would watch that on Toonami, and then Inuyasha would come uh, afterwards on Saturday night. So I know both both. I know both worlds, you know? I know all about them. About the vampire in red named Inuyasha, who would just scream Kagome nonstop. Kagome! Yeah, then Gundam Wing would come on. And if it was Endless Waltz, I would definitely tune in. If it was anything else, I'd turn it off. Whoa! <coughs> yeah. All right, we're done here. <laughs> we, this is a show about the Marvel Cinema. <laughs> you, you did first. this. You mentioned. I mentioned wall scrolls. Me. You triggered me, JP. I guess so. I you guess reminded so. me that I hate Escaflote. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> this, it's true. this was you. It's true. That's true. That's how it goes. Uh, let's do some shout outs. Bronze, what are you going to get up to this week? What are you doing? Where can people check out your stuff? Hi, hello. I'm Jasmine, that bronze girl Bueller. You can find me on on Twitch, on Twitter, on everything at that bronze girl. Um, and yeah, I'm going to be getting into final or Final Fantasy Village Resident nice. Evil. Nice. <laughs> Village Fantasy today, Village. finally. Final Fantasy Village, uh, where a sexy Final Fantasy lady tries to murder me. I'm super excited to dive into that. Um, yeah, I've been doing some GTA RP on the weekends on the TSRP server. And I have a D&D game that airs Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Tune in. Jesse, what's going on with you? Hi, I'm Jesse, Jesse Cox Cox. You can find me <laughs> on the internet wherever. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I also played a bunch of Village uh, yesterday, about like six or so hours. And let me just tell you, uh, the beginning of that game is wild. In a, in a way that you, like, can't believe how beautiful that game looks. But I will say to anyone out there, uh, are you having, like, a, like motion sickness when you play this game? Just put it out there to the world. Maybe it's just my crew, and we're all old men now. But all of us were like, oh, we've hey, boys, you got stomach aches? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I got a stomach ache. We couldn't change the FOV, so we were like, all right, let's just keep plowing through. So yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Look, uh, bronze is gonna lose her mind. There's gonna be there's so there's what? so much there's so much big mama. It's just true. I love I love that whole family. I want all of them, all of them, every one of them, all the four main people in that game. Bronze doesn't know what I'm talking about, but when you when you meet them, you'll be like, Jesse, you weirdo. I want all four of them. <laughs> Jesse, have you seen all four of them? I saw. What do you mean want? And I think he means what? want. I think I think it means what it. Oh, like in a physical fat, in an adult fat. Oh, I want them. Biblically. Oh, I was waiting for the rest <laughs> of that sentence. You no, know, I thought I was I... waiting for like I want all of them. Oh, in my in my life, I want them in my life. Is what I meant. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, uh, uh, I'll simply say. I didn't realize I had no clue. So when we played this game, I didn't realize there was more than just Lady Dimitrescu. Mama. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know there was more. Mm. And so now that I know there's more, I'm like, ooh. So have you seen say. the behind the scenes recording of the introduction yes, of the four? It is incredible. Where they have the little Don't look at it, it's super spoilery, but it has like <laughs> oh my god. Dude, when she that runs off is... the little 
<laughs> incredible i couldn't believe it i, I just, was like the actors in this game uh, the actual physical acting is so good when it shows like the green screen behind the scenes holy yeah. shit it's love it thumbs up i just good can't job. believe that no one laughs at that like they all keep a straight face as this full-grown woman is acting like she's a marionette and just waddling like, across hey! the room. <laughs> It's the craziest thing I've ever seen. How scary is it? Uh, um, it depends. Compared to seven, I mean, it, you know, it's like not before as scary that, Resident Evil wasn't that scary. Oh, okay, okay, I would say there's some scenes. There's some scenes that are like awful, like actual. There's moments that happen in this game from Jump Street. All I'll say is poor Ethan Winters. People yeah, on the internet giving him shit, making fun of him because he looks like a goober. But here's the thing. Yeah, he looks like Shapiro. God <laughs> damn, that boy. I feel I, like the entire time I'm like, this man. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Did you catch Bro, how stupid it. they are, though, Jesse, the, when it comes to the devs, how they bit off two fingers? So it's it's the introduction of the game is Stop Resident Evil 8. Stop spoiling it for Bruns. Stop spoiling it for If Bruns. she's been on the internet, it's like impossible to not no, know that. Didn't he already have his hand chopped off yeah. and restapled on? Yes. Yeah. Don't, don't ruin it. That's not a spoiler. It. He gets his hand. Don't ruin Anyways. it for bronze. It's, it's a dumb game. But it's not bad. <laughs> it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's dumb there's in all moments, the right ways, I guess. There's moments where we actually have forgotten that we're supposed to run from, like, the, the women who are running, like, chasing you down. They're like, I just want to taste you. And we're like... What do we do, guys? Where do we go? We're like, run away. It's like, should we, though? Should we run? <laughs> yeah. Yes. All I'm saying is it's been a long quarantine, and we are super horny for video game characters. That's what I'm saying. I think so. I think is it? Accurate. So is it closer to, like, Resident Evil 4 in that it's story with, like, some, like, I don't know. It's more, like, mystical and arcane and occultish in nature. Whereas, like, 7 cannot, was, like. I cannot say. I'm not going to spoil a thing. I'm not going to say. Yeah, anything. you're getting into spoiler territories. Video. Yeah, I'm not saying a damn thing. It it is Resident Evil Four in gameplay, but also Resident Evil Seven mm -hmm. in its horror in a lot of ways. Oh, and, and they're, so they're, there's still a good like uh, bit of jump scares in it. No, I, I in fact I would say me. there's a lot of jump scares in it. There's, there's a, lot, a lot of jump, and there's no. many jump. Scares they even got one. better with the jump scares where it's like they know that people expect a jump scare in this moment, so they'll actually like delay the jump scare. Until something else has like triggered the jump scare, so they got they got smart about it like that. It's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Hey, thankfully, jump scares! Thankfully, the old music trope exists, so as long as there's yes. no music, you're fine. Yeah. So like, thank God that exists, so you know like when you can explore and when you should be moving. That's true. So that's true. Uh, anyways, that's it for the MCU crew. Uh, what what am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing this week. We're watching more Invincible later today with uh, two people who have never seen the show or read the comic. They don't know a single thing about less. Let, let me tell you, it was real fun watching that first episode. I'll say that they had no <laughs> idea what was happening, uh, and it was it was good times. It was good times. Uh, Wednesday we'll have uh, Maximilian Dude on Drop Frames. Friday, me and Jesse are gonna watch some Final Fantasy 14 fan fest stuff. Woo! late into the night at least the first two hours of it i don't know if we're going to be staying on till like 6 a.m or whatever the fuck that thing ends uh because it goes a while um but we'll see we'll see what happens uh and then we'll put in some games uh in between all that at least on my channel so that is that we'll be back next week with another mcu crew uh we might i might start bringing out the the top 
let's rate your your MCU movie type content. I don't know if we're there yet. We'll see. We might also bring a guest on. Who's to we say? should we should do a build up to the next film. What's the next film? Loki's the next show. We could. Loki. We then, rewatch uh, all the Thor movies. Why would you do that to me? That, why would you make me? Now that's a way to kill a podcast, right there. Why, <laughs> why would you do that? Jesse's why would you out. make me do that? Jesse's out after this. Top five worst <laughs> moments from the first two Thor movies. I would actually. It would be a challenge for you to be like, find me the five best moments in the first Thor movie. I would be like. I guess when that guy's face turns into a laser, maybe. <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. We it's the bring me the beer and he throws the yeah, thing. Br- and yeah, that's it. it that's down. the number that's one moment it. is smashing the beer. Uh, it's the one where Darcy is like fawning over Thor because uh, he's just walking around shirtless, probably. There's that one. That's every movie he's in. That's true. Someone's being like, he's so hot. Yeah. Anyways, Which I'm is thinking, like not wrong. We're doing next week's content. Maybe we do a lead up to it, would either be black widow and or loki is first but could also do a lead into black widow but then it's like let's watch every mc <laughs> starting with iron man 2 everyone's favorite it'll be great it'll be a good time bring me my butt <laughs> i want my butt now wait <laughs> give me give me a whiplash with the cookie monster i just want my butt I couldn't remember the queen. I was about to be like, yes, Cookie Monster. That's what's about to come out of my mouth. I'm like, I just want my bird. No bird for you. That Yoda? Was also, that was also Yoda. That wasn't even Cookie Monster. I know. Monster. I know. I just forgot what Cookie Monster's voice was. So now it's Yoda. Now it's Yoda up there. Come on, Tom Hardy. You will join me in eating Cookie that's everyone thanks for watching the mcu crew have more dumb voices and impressions from jesse and bronze (laughs) next week we'll get bronze to do the entire show in her anime voice while jesse does yoda doing the cookie monster it'll be a doozy (laughs) terrible endings they have Hmm? (laughs) we're out see you guys next time bye bye